Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Does the player empowerment era actually sort of benefit the Raptors? It's your Yahoo Sports Daily Podcast for September 23rd, 2019. But first, sports. Good Monday morning. It is officially the first day of fall, and that means the sports calendar, oh baby, it's about to fill up. NHL preseason continues to roll on. We're just a week and a half away from the start of that season on Wednesday, October 2nd. And also, we're just a few days away from the start of NBA training camp. Raptors training camp specifically starts on Sunday, September 29th, this coming Sunday. They're going to hold camp in Quebec City this year from Sunday to Wednesday, so you can expect Raptors coverage around here, both on this show and on Yahoo Sports Canada at large, to really ramp up and get you ready for the championship season defense. It's going to be a very interesting year for the Raptors, one where the strengths of the organization, to me, are really going to be put to the test. This last offseason proved on a large scale that once a player reaches a certain level of ability or stardom, they more or less call the shots about which franchise they want to play for, even to the extent of picking individual superstars that they want to play with. This isn't about Kawhi Leonard being a free agent, as we discussed on Friday. I mean, it is, in a way, but not the free agency part of it, because any free agent can pick their team. What this is about is the team he picked and why. He picked the Clippers. The long-term history for the Clippers is, well, I mean, let's face it, one of the worst franchises in sports history. In the short term, though... Like, literally the last few years, the Clippers became a destination because of the way they built their team, the way they went about it, and the way they built their organization. Steve Ballmer, Doc Rivers, Jerry West, even Lawrence Frank have turned this team into a more desirable place to play than the Lakers. And if the amount of banners in the rafters, the jersey numbers that got retired, had the same sway that they used to, it would appear to be no question right now that Kawhi would be teaming up with LeBron and AD on the Lakers. So the question for me is whether or not this new way the league is shaped is good or bad for the Toronto Raptors, the defending NBA champion Toronto Raptors. I would like to state again for the record, the long-term history of the franchise is mostly a forgotten team, but they're about to raise a banner on opening night and give out championship rings. And despite... Kawhi walking away, they proved definitively last year that they can give a star player everything they need to succeed. Not only succeed, but thrive at the highest level. Now, the very reason this is in my head is that Yahoo Sports Canada's own Vivek Jacob wrote about this thing last week. He had a piece on Yahoo Sports called Raptors Organizational Excellence is Vital in the Player Power Era. That came out on Friday on Yahoo Sports Canada. What's different about player movement in the NBA even this summer versus the recent trend of player empowerment. When you look at Kawhi's decision, Paul George being able to orchestrate a trade and 
Jimmy Butler, you know, bef before it was like free agents. Okay, these are the teams with cap space. This is where I can go. Jimmy Butler was like, I want to go to Miami. I don't care that you have no cap space. Just figure it out and make the trades that you need to make and make it happen. And so it happened. I think the big takeaway from it is organizations really don't have control over anything anymore. Right. As far as players are concerned, loyalty is not a thing. And, and the way that it sort of compares to the Raptors was you pointed out that the Clippers being the team that they picked means that history doesn't mean as much as it used to. Yeah, or even in the case of uh, Kevin Durant, you would right. have thought, oh, the lure of playing at Madison Square Garden, right. you know, rejuvenating the Knicks. Even even the Brooklyn Nets were like, hey, this is, you know, we have a track record of steadily looking to improve, building an organization the right way, and that appealed to him more than everything that, you know, the Knicks outside of James Dolan offers. How does that reflect for where the Raptors are now as an organization? So I think in a weird way, it sort of leveled the playing field for them because before it was sort of like, oh, no, that's Toronto. I don't want to play there, this and that. And, you know, I, I think back even to when Chris Stapps Porzingis requested a trade out of the Knicks and the report came out of the teams uh, that he listed as preferred destinations, Toronto was one of them. And so I think a lot of these players now just look at uh, the most stable organizations where they know they can be comfortable, um, where they don't have to worry about things getting out of hand because you know they've got enough going on a as it is. They know they can control their brand and do whatever they need to do regardless of the market they're in. A place like Toronto offers that. So it seems like a, a thing that gets talked about with the Raptors a lot is identity is always really at the core. For a long time, it was a feeling of disrespect, and, and this year, the big vindication was that, you know, the identity is finally changing, and, and even here, your point here is about their identity. They've had a lot of identities in the last couple of years, right? They were a, a team that was steadily improving, and then a team that had found their ceiling, and then they were a team that was pushing all in. Yeah. What do you think that identity is this season? This season, I would say they are... Um, a defensive-minded team. I think when you look at the signings that they've made with Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and you look at the pieces in place with Pascal Siakam, Marcus Saul, OG Ananobi, Kyle Lowry, they're all still very capable defenders. Mm -hmm. So defense is definitely going to be their calling card. Um, as far as winning is concerned, I think Masai will evaluate where things are at post-Christmas. I think I think it's important to have Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka and all those guys around for you know the ring ceremony opening night for uh, the big games to come after that against Kawhi for example um, and then obviously to have uh, that game that Christmas game as well in the books so right. <laughs> right, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah you gotta have the Christmas game so I think once all that's done. If the Raptors are a top four team in the East, mm -hmm. I could very easily see him just playing things out and riding that wave and um, seeing what happens in the playoffs. But if they're not, and they're out of that sort of home court picture and just trying to stay in the playoff picture, that I think he'll look to move one, if not two, uh, of uh, the guys who are on their final year of their deals which is you know Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol. 
can't trade Kyle Lowry now. Come on. <laughs> I mean, we thought DeMar DeRozan would never get traded. Different situation. <laughs> Poor Kyle. What becomes then the pillar of the franchise stability? It's easy to sell that, right, when you're consistently a 50-win, win the division, top three team. When you are entering into a new period, doesn't that, in that very sort of way that the, the league shifts very quickly now, isn't there a fear that that sets you back to zero again? I, I would agree with you uh, as a general uh, view, mm-hmm. but I think w- the big pillar for the Raptors in this case is their development. Mm. And when you look at where Pascal Siakam has come from where he was drafted, when you look at Fred Van Vliet uh, and where he's come from since not getting drafted, uh, I, th- I think those are big statements. When you look at Norman Powell being a second-round pick uh, and getting to this point, I think there is enough tangible value in guys who weren't expected to be significant contributors and ended up being so uh, in big moments that you can say, hey, at no point are we going to be really, really bad. You know, right. th- when you when you look at those tanking organizations, those are the teams that really sort of struggle. With that development in mind, who are you looking forward to seeing in camp this year and really having your eye on to see? Because, you know, training camp, it is what it is. But yeah. there are some guys who are going to be going there in a motivated situation. I think the obvious answer is OG Ananobi mm-hmm. because... That's it for me, for sure. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> just because of the way things went for him last season. You want to sort of wipe that off, um, sort of redshirt that second year and yeah. uh, go off the rookie campaign and see what he can bring to the table this year. You know, I think people are going to have the unfair expectations of looking at what Pascal Siakam did from year two to year three and place that on OG, especially when... You know, you look at the fact that he's probably going to fill in that small forward spot where Kawhi right. has Big left shoes. wide open. Yeah. And what about guys who maybe weren't with the organization last year or didn't have as big a role with us as those guys did? I'm personally fascinated by uh, seeing what Stanley Johnson brings to the table. More from, again, we talk about the organizational excellence. When you look at uh, what the Pistons have done over the years with their draft picks, no one has really taken that next step. Yeah, And so I think this is uh, a great case study to see what you do with someone for, who is, who's picked fairly high in the draft uh, by another organization that doesn't have, uh, isn't renowned for its development. And now you come to a place like Toronto that is, what can you do with that player? And just a few more things from the weekend to send you on your way this morning to get your week started right. We still don't know if Dustin Bufflin will be part of the Winnipeg Jets this season as a measure to save some cap money and to get some flexibility with his position in the roster spot. The Jets officially suspended Big Buff. It's strictly a procedural thing, though. Paul Maurice has said that Bufflin is aware of it, and he is aware that it is nothing sinister to the suspension, nor is there anything sinister to the reasoning that Bufflin is deciding to sit out. He has two years, $7.6 million on his deal, and the Jets, the only way to free that up is to suspend him, so he is officially suspended, but if he comes back and decides to play, suspension lifted. Some rapid-fire stuff from Week 3 in the NFL. Saquon Barkley, who probably, let's be honest, got taken first overall in your Yahoo draft, 
left the Giants game and was seen on crutches. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones started at QB for the Giants, led them to a win, rushed for two touchdowns, threw for two touchdowns. Uh, elsewhere, the Chiefs are 3-0, and as are the rest of the league's elite, the Rams, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the 49ers, and the Buffalo Bills. Yes, yes, the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen and the Bills are 3-0. and Throw yourself through a table, enjoy, Bills fans. You deserve it. A 3-0 and start for the Bills. They have the Patriots next week. Finally, the Toronto Wolfpack. I know, probably not expecting a rugby story here, but I think this is cool. They are a step away from the top level of rugby league. They won a playoff game on Sunday, and now they go to the grand final where they play the London Broncos for a spot in the Super League. When the idea for the Wolfpack is dreamed up, and they came up with the idea of having a rugby league team in Toronto, reaching Super League, reaching that top level is the goal at the end of the rainbow and everything that comes with it, TV money, Sky Sports, all the big profile stuff. It's within reach. They have to win one more game. They have to beat the London Broncos. They get to play that game at home in Toronto two weekends from now at the Den. And that is it. Nothing left for you to do but to go out there, start your week off right, and have a great Monday. <laughs>